Brotherhood, multiplication, restoration. We are Sin Network. We're a family, planting churches together. Join us as we hear from leaders of this movement from across North America and discover what it really takes to plant churches everywhere for everyone. Daniel Yang. Hey, Dottie. The man, the myth, the legend, missiologist, <laughs> you know, church planner, all those things. Like, like what more myth, you than know, legend. director of Sin Institute. So, I mean, like, what what do you go by these days? I know you're like, I call you Gandalf. Like, you're like <laughs> you just kind of come in and go out, like yeah, you bring yeah. wisdom, and then yeah, that's like funny. But you're, the, you're my guy that I come to, you know, for that's wisdom, funny. for knowledge. You know, I mean, it's funny that you think about me that way because I, I feel, for me, I think I was just like, man, I'm just so curious about things and curious to to what God's doing, what He's up to, and so I don't ever think of myself as a knowledge, wisdom type person. I, I just think I ask a lot of questions. So. Yeah. yeah, I mean, have you always been curious? I think so. Like, if you look at my Enneagram type, all that stuff. Like, if you're an Enneagram cult follower or whatever, yeah. like, I mean, that that's kind of my my, my background. Um, I was an engineer, and so mm-hmm. just kind of for a long time, yeah, that was my first career. So that's just kind of the way I think. That's just kind of the way, you know, I process things. So Okay. So yeah. as an engineer, I mean, how did you get into kind of the missiologist world? Yeah, you know, I was uh I was an engineer, uh 24, 25, struggled with my faith and just started saying, God, you know, uh, are you real? And so that launched me on this trajectory of studying philosophy, theology. And then uh uh as I was going through that journey, realized that, you know, these questions were forming inside of me because um, maybe God was using that to connect with those who, you know, uh, aren't believers. And so that kind of launched me in the journey of, well, what does it look like to reach people who are like me? And that eventually became church planting in North America. I thought we were going to be missionaries, my wife and I. We're thinking, well, God's probably given us a story. Maybe we're going to be missionaries somewhere abroad. And we start realizing that, you know, the need here in North America is great. There's tons of people who either grew up in church and fell away from faith, people who never had, you know, a faith background at all and have these questions. And so we had such compassion for these people because of my own personal journey. Mm -hmm. Um, And so we started just trying to reach people like us, and that launched us into a church planning journey, which brought us down to Dallas, and then to Toronto, and then to Chicago. Yeah. Yeah. You know, how, I mean, how was it? I mean, you're one of the few that have planted in North America, like when you're talking about, Mm -hmm. you know, a big part of Canada. Yeah, Toronto. Dallas, Toronto. You know, so, like, uh, what was there... very big difference between the two and just kind of how you engage? Yeah, you know, in Dallas, it was different. Uh, I wasn't planting, but I was uh, I was leading a young adults ministry, and then I was also a part of uh, a church called Northwood Community Church, which is a church planning church. And so uh, and so I was a part of uh, the training processes there. In Canada, I did plant, and I parachuted in, and that was very different because Canada is not the United States. I'm like, I mean, we just forget that, but, right. you know, the very different context, they think mm-hmm. differently. Uh, and so that was much more difficult because I had to really learn how to be a missionary in that environment because, you know, it was basically things like, you know, using the metric system versus, you know, miles and, and pounds and stuff yeah. like that to politically, uh, different, uh, different way to engage civically. Uh, they just have a different philosophy around politics, around morality, family. And so just learning those things, you know, for me, it kind of activated the missionary side of me. Yeah. And then now we're in Chicago, even though, you know, my primary role is to lead uh, the Sen Institute. Uh, you know, I developed a, just a missional community around us and just learning what does that look like in Chicago back in, you know, the, the you know, 2020, you know, North America, 
you know, because when I left uh, United States to Canada, that was back in 2011, 2012. Uh, it felt like a different America back then, too. Yeah. So, yeah. People always talk about, like, global cities, you know, and different things. Is Chicago closer to Toronto or Chicago more like Dallas or one of the, like, in your yeah. estimation, what, what, what are those contexts more like? Yeah, Chicago is unique because uh, geographically and size-wise, it is closer to Toronto, and they're very similar in um, even just the way the city's set up. But because of the uh, historic uh, composition of Chicago, because of you know the the Great Migration, I think that's the, the big difference uh, maker about Chicago is the African American presence, which is actually dwindling in Chicago. Uh, African Americans are moving out. Um, and so that makes it very unique. And so uh, Chicago is a city that's declining. Toronto is on the upswing. So when I say it's declining, it's losing population, maybe not necessarily relational capital or equity, but it's uh, losing uh, uh, population. So there's some unique challenges in Chicago yeah. uh, because of that. Besides yeah. just always being cold, but there's they're cold. And it's always cold, man. In both places, like yep. Toronto and in Chicago. And if you're a White Sox fan, you know, then you're miserable. Yeah, that, that is so true. <laughs> So you're in Chicago right now, and you're leading Sen Institute, yep. right? How is that going? Yeah. How is it going? You've been going for a couple of years now. Yep. How has that been going? And are you re are you meeting your intended purpose? Yeah, I think we are. I think we are. I mean, there's some things that you know we're tweaking because we're building as we're we're moving along. But I think some of the three I'll give you three things that I think we're really excited about. Number one is we're starting to see that you know people are looking to not just the Sen Institute, but you know obviously Sen Network and NAM as uh, an older sibling or an older brother or sister in church in the church playing world. There's a there's a lot of respect. There's a lot of um, there's a every time I'm with people and I'm you know sharing the knowledge that we have and convening people and they know that we're connected to the North American North American Mission yeah. Board. They're just like we're just so thankful for the kingdom resources that you're bringing to the other groups, you know, the, uh, different denominations. So uh, that's been really neat to see how uh, in some ways we get to extend the work of the North American Mission Board. Secondly is... Which, I, by the way, I, I think is so critical. Yeah. Because as me, not growing up in the church and even coming through kind of a DTS, independent Bible, coming in, mm. jumping full in with Southern Baptists, but wanting to make sure that, you know, we as a network, yes, we are explicitly Southern Baptists. We yeah. are not a, afraid of our tribe, but we intentionally want to be denominational. Yeah. And so I think that's huge. Yeah. I'm glad that to that's, bless other people. Yeah, yeah absolutely. So that's yeah. awesome. And constantly, we just get recognition. Uh, I mean, not like us get recognition, but there's recognition given to the to the uh, to the board here. And then, secondly, is um, in the area of just uh, building relationships with crucial uh, organizations and partners. Uh, we have been working working with some, uh, um, you know, uh, with Intervarsity, sorry, not Intervarsity, with a, a Crusade crew, and uh, just thinking through what does it look like to partner uh, because they. Uh, man, they uh, graduate 13,000 college students per year out of their program. Mm -hmm. These are missionally minded, you know, young adults that are moving to the cities. They want to make a difference in their career. They want to make a difference in the church that they land in. And so we're saying, well, how do we help you make those connections to organizations like the North American Mission Board? And we did that this past year and working, you know, I think we're pioneering something in Boston with them. Yeah. And so developing those partnerships because we think that's crucial to um, you know, passing the mission, the burden of church planting onto the next generation. Uh, and then, uh, and, and thirdly, is just in the way that we have been convening people. Um, 
And so I, I wish that there is a body of knowledge that I feel like we're, we're confidently just giving to groups and saying this is how to plant churches towards the future. But the reality is that, you know, we don't know what the future looks like, so we don't know uh, what exactly are the best practices for the future. Uh, but when we convene people to have a conversation, it helps them to see, okay, this is where you're at, this is where we're at, okay, okay, you know, we're, we're, we're facing struggles here, this is where we're doing well. And when you get 12 or 13 of those groups talking around those things, innovation, collaboration, it really brings up the energy level and people go back to, to their strategies excited and more informed. And then, um, and then they start making, you know, their own relational networks. So Let's that's what's that. that. You, you talk about you've been convening yep. for denominations, missiologists from different tribes yep. coming together. Yep. You know, what are you guys seeing? What are you seeing around kind of the state of North America currently? Mm -hmm. I know you say you can't tell the future. Sure. But what are you seeing currently? Yeah. Well, so uh, in terms of uh, the numbers of churches being planted, we're actually in the process of updating some of the, those numbers. Uh the best numbers we have are from 2015 that say we plant about 4,000 churches a year, uh, which is, you know, not terrible. You know, it's a, it's a good number. Um, and then uh, on the flip side, though, uh, we close about 3,700 churches a year. This is across denominations and and then uh, from the non-denoms and networks that, that we have numbers on. And uh, so if you think about it, we net about 300 churches a year. This is across the board. Mm -hmm. So uh, in some denominations... Uh, you know, I would say, to be honest with you, some denominations, uh, they net zero or net one or two a year uh, because of that. And so, and that's not a discouraging number in a sense, but it just shows you the urgency that we're in in these days. And so, um, you know, based on what we think, in order to keep up with population growth, we need to net, I mean, this is going to be a shocking number, but we need to net around 1,800 churches a year to keep up with population growth. Mm -hmm. That's keeping a ratio of one church to every thousand people in the United States, if we if we project that out to 2050, our population is going to be minimum 400 million. In order to keep up with that ratio, uh, we need to net 1,800 churches a year. We currently net 300 churches mm -hmm. a year. So, um, and that's a that's a so collective to net, not yeah. plant. We need to net 1,800 churches. Yeah, which means two things, and and I think the the strategy that we have the North American Mission Board is a, is a good one. We need to revitalize churches because that's kind of the back door, you know, and then but we need to plant churches because that's kind of the front door. And are, when you, you get these numbers, is that total churches? Like, how do you get, like, independent churches, non-denominational churches, network churches? Like, how do we kind of aggregate that information yeah. of some of these places that are more, like, underground or right, yeah. not necessarily? It's harder to do, uh, you know, uh, very independent uh, non-denominational churches that are isolated. And so there are, uh, uh, Hartford Institute has a non-denominational uh, research uh, uh, arm where they focus on uh, calculating those things. Uh, Warren Bird recently did something similar, I think, around mega churches. Um, so it's harder, but with denominational reporting, most most of them, like like we have at the Southern Baptists, uh, uh, they have statistical uh, you know, uh, people that actually report these numbers. So it's a little bit easier with denominations. But by and large, because denominations, people are still affiliated with denominations, we still think that's the bulk of church planting. Well, yeah. let's talk about it like that, because it seemed like there was a, a time where, you know, people were planting more independent, yeah. more non-denominational, network-driven, kind of going away from denominations. Yeah. You know what? What? What have you seen in terms of the trends of planting with denominations or not playing planting with denominations? Sure. And what have you seen with that? Well, <clears throat> one trend is this: uh, 
the trend is less with the church planters. It's more with the denominations. I think a lot of denominations are starting to realize that their heyday was, you know, maybe 30 years ago. There was a blip in the 90s where denominations thought they were bigger than what they were because of, uh, uh, you know, just different social things, you know, social reasons. Um, but the heyday of a lot of den- denominations were probably the 60s, you know, uh, 50s, 60s, and then 70s. Uh, almost across the board, with a few exception of a few, denominations begin experiencing a plateau. Mainline denominations, they basically fell off really fast. Evangelicals have stayed kind of consistent. Um, so the trend is with denominations realizing that we can't be this vertical organization. You know, mm. When you stay vertical, you're stuck in time. Yeah. You know? And so, um, so we're seeing denominations actually become more kingdom-minded uh, there is a denomination in Canada that actually, uh, yeah, you know, denom- denominations in Canada are a little bit smaller than in the U.S. Uh, and they said, you know what, we're, we're going to plant any kind of church. And so they took their resources and they started a different kind of network that plants, you know, any kind of mm-hmm. church. Mm-hmm. And so, um, you know, that is a trend. I don't, I don't think every denomination is going to do that, and I don't think every denomination should do that. But I think denominations are realizing that if we just stay vertical about our brand, then it's going to affect the kingdom dynamic. Uh, the uh, the trend among church planters is, I think, you know, probably in the 2000s, there is this kind of really gung-ho mentality. I'm going to go out there. I'm going to do it on my own. And you realize that there were just so many people who couldn't, who didn't make it, not because they weren't gifted or called. It's because they didn't have the support. And so I'm seeing guys that are gifted, talented, and they're saying, you know what, I want to do this uh, with an organization. I want to do this with a denomination because I want to show my younger sisters and brothers that, you know, there's something better when you do it with family. Yeah. And so it, it's it's kind of like the American family. You see a lot of uh, people saying, I want to do this with, as a family. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, so you, are you saying that now that there seems like to be more of a trend to kind of plant with some of the mainline denominations? More than just independent? Is that, is that what? I, I think so. Well, I think what, what we're seeing is that the denominations have been able to respond to the um, uh, what we saw in the 90s and 2000s and okay. saying, why are these people planning non-denom? Oh, it's because we weren't right. supporting them. Yeah, okay. You know? Oh, it's because we were too rigid. Right. You know? Oh, it's because we, you know, we, uh, you know, they, we wanted them to plant very denominational churches. Right. And so denominations have been able to respond to that. 20 years later, we're seeing people saying, you know what? Now that they're more open, like we're we're excited to partner again. Are you starting to see more people take on the language like network or or network of networks and mm-hmm. you know and like are you seeing more of that, less of that? Like these, it seems like micro networks. I mean, Verge. Yeah. Um, um not the Verge. I'm sorry. Um, Exponential like mm-hmm. coming up is about to do a whole. Yeah. You know, thing on just kind of networks. Right. I right. Mean, yeah. How is that like playing out right now in our day? Yeah. As a matter of fact, the the list of. Uh, Different kinds of networks, uh, you know, we sent us to, we help consult with them on on that list. Um, yeah, so I think the the phenomena of networks will continue because um, we, we have networks within denominations. Mm-hmm. So even, you know, Send Network, that's a network within a denomination. Pillar Network, that's a, uh, you know, there's multiple of these things. Summit, right? Um, and so that's a phenomenon that I think is, um, is important. <coughs> uh, because what it does is it actually is showing that the ownership of church planting is not just the denominations. It's actually the local church. Because a lot of these uh, networks are local church-driven, yeah. you know. 
And so I think that's a good thing. So if you have uh, denominations, or sorry, if you have churches that are planting enough churches where they feel like they need to create a family of a church, uh, you know, a network, then that's a good thing. Um, I think, you know, what we need to be careful of is if you just create a network so that you can, um, you know, have a homogenous, you know, group of churches that are insular, uh, then I think that, that you know, that, that may be a little bit more you know, we should be cautious about. Uh, but I'm really encouraged by uh, some of the churches that are developing networks because they're planning churches and they, in a sense, have son and daughter churches that they want to parent towards the future. And that's a good thing. Yeah. I mean, do you have any stats on just kind of the, the, the idea of success rate, whether you plant larger, smaller, big, you know, is there, is there anything that kind of speaks to, as a planner, if I'm thinking about being a part of a network, being a part of the SIN network, for instance, yeah. or being a, starting my own network. Like, are there any stats as a church planner? Is it better to do it on your own, or is it better to be a part? Yeah. Oh, there's no question. I mean, I don't have a straight stat for you, but there's no question that uh, uh, the uh, church planters that have additional support outside of their local church resources uh, do better long-term. And <clears throat> I think a part of that uh, is, you know, is, is, is pretty clear. Uh, you know, when you have not just financial resources, but when you have coaching and training, um, and then you have uh, a sense affinity, affinity is huge, um, then you have more confidence to move forward. And it doesn't mean that the person who's out there doing it solo isn't going to do well, but I think uh, what we're seeing is that because there's a general resistance to the to evangelistic church planting, more so today than we've seen 30 years ago. Mm. 30 years ago, you could still do launch large because you're able to attract the nuns and duns uh, of the time. Uh, the nuns and duns aren't as interested in coming to worship services anymore. And so, um, and because of that, churches are launching smaller, which is okay. They're launching smaller, and so the additional support allows them to go longer, uh, even though they have less resources in the local community. Are you seeing leaders, a couple more, are you seeing leaders um, forming these networks more geographically or affinity? You mentioned that. Yep. Like, or is it a both and? Or like, what are you seeing that, that trend going? It's both and. It's both and. And I, and I like that. I, I love that. Um, I think affinity, like, for instance, uh, uh, Drew Hun, who is a friend of ours, uh, he started a network called New City Network. And its focus is to develop uh, uh, leaders that typically come from marginalized communities and to plant churches uh, that are typically reaching uh, urban areas. Uh, and so that's affinity-based. So they're going to, you know, they're predominantly based out of New York City but their network is spread across uh, North America. And you have regional networks, you know, like you, you mentioned earlier, Tampa Underground, and they're very focused on Tampa, Southern Florida. Yeah. No, and that's our, honestly the reason why I love leading this network, you know, mm -hmm. to put a shameless plug for us, mm -hmm. for the Sid Network, because, you know, on one end, you know, like we talk about planting churches everywhere for everyone and the ability mm -hmm. to be kind of, to have both affinity base, yeah. larger, smaller, yeah being able to have those things um, within our network just really gives the ability for us to, you know, um, tackle this. And, just, you mm -hmm. know, the, the fact is that we are not doing this alone. No planet yeah. plants alone. And that really was the reason why Blueprint Church, we mm -hmm. planted Southern Baptist. Well, this is why we planted the Sin Network, because of the fact mm -hmm. that we believe that we can do better together than apart. Mm -hmm. you know, and I really think 
that that's exciting. Yeah. You know, yeah, you know, absolutely. So, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, I think you're absolutely right. I mean, the Send Network has a very unique dynamic in that it's a it's a national, uh, it, you know, uh, uh, approach to church planting. But because you have city focuses and you have, you know, every every regional focus is large enough to be its own kind of like church planting entity. And there's a lot of strategy there that uh, that we're learning that can be shared across the board with other yeah. organizations. And I think that as we build the strength of our cities, which yeah. I think re- the city strategy is crucial, as we build this, the strength of the city strategies, I think the overall national strategy will become stronger. Yeah. yeah. Man, I really appreciate it. Thanks for, yeah. for sharing. This is why I call you Gandalf. <laughs> Thanks for having because me, man. This is like a, a living almanac. <laughs> right funny. Appreciate you. Thanks. You have been listening to We Are Sin Network a resource of the North American Mission Board. For more information about today's podcast and other relevant resources, visit sendnetwork.com.